Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. We're continuing our way through the octave of Christmas, and today, on Tuesday, December 27th, we celebrate the Feast of St. John, the Apostle and Evangelist. And again, the Gospel is proper today. It's uh, John chapter 20, verses 1a, and then verses 2 through 8. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene ran and went to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloth there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. As we continue to make our way through the Christmas octave, our festivities continue as we celebrate the Feast of St. John, the Apostle and Evangelist. Along with his brother, James the Greater, John was known as a son of thunder, presumably because of his harsh words and impetuous nature. For instance, in Luke's Gospel, we see this when the Samaritans refused to receive Jesus, and his brothers, the brothers ask if they should call down fire from heaven. Likewise, in his Gospel, Matthew recounts for us how the brothers and their mother asked for places of honor in Christ's kingdom, although we must admit they were fully unaware of what that entailed. And yet, it's this same John who became known as the beloved disciple and who was even entrusted with looking after Christ's mother. Now, we might be surprised that a disciple with such obvious defects and failings could warrant the title beloved or the disciple whom Jesus loved. But if we're surprised then we need to reconsider the way we look at God's love. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis says it very well when he writes, The Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. It's a very beautiful and profound sentence. The Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. Just as the roof of a greenhouse does not attract the sun because it is bright, but becomes bright because the sun shines on it. This is the way God's love is. John is the beloved disciple, not because he was good, but rather he's good, he's a saint, because he's loved by God. And in this way too, all of us are beloved disciples. Because God has loved us, and he loves us even now with a personal, individualized love. He loves us, knowing who we are, how we are, where we're coming from, what we can do, what limitations we have. He knows each of us by name. He also loved us first, as we read in John's first letter. We weren't anything at all. We were nothing And God loved us before we existed. He gave his son to save us, even before we were born. 
that he gave us his life in baptism before our minds were opened in knowledge. God has always taken the initiative in our lives. Even more, that love is an eternal love. With age-old love I have loved you, he says through Jeremiah. We can ask ourselves, how aware are we that we are God's beloved sons and daughters? Beloved sons and daughters on whom our God desires to pour out his graces and blessings. Through the intercession of St. John, the beloved disciple, and Mary, mother of all believers, let's ask for the grace to trust in God's love for us, a love revealed particularly at Christmas.